All right, well, here we are again, without Chris and Mike this time, but with the full cast of the Stars of Right playthrough of Cults of Cthulhu, and we've still got a whole bunch of questions to get through, and a whole lot of reminiscing to do about how the adventures went for us specifically. So, I mean, I'm gonna start with an obvious question, guys. Uh, who was your, f I mean, maybe this doesn't make too much sense for Jason, uh, for everyone else, who was your favourite character to play and why? And I guess for Fedra, feel free to pick an NPC if you want. All right. It's it's really easy for me. It's it was definitely Tommy. Oh, I enjoyed Tommy. To I, I enjoyed Tommy so much, which is it is interesting, right? Because I think of the three scenarios, Angel Thirst was the one I I sort of enjoyed the least. Sorry, but um, <laughs> but I I loved Tommy so much. He was so much fun. I enjoyed the voice. I enjoyed the character. I enjoyed lots of the interactions. Tommy we kicked also ass. Tommy. Oh my god. His um, energy expanded outwards. Everyone became mm. Tommy for a while. There. <laughs> <laughs> we were all either Tommy Absolutely. or Johnny. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I totally hear you in terms of Angel's Thirst probably being, just in terms of, of the plot, maybe my least favorite of the three. But Johnny was definitely my favorite character to play. And I think the chemistry between Tommy and Johnny, they're so such beautiful. opposites. Oh, so yeah. it's great. Yeah. In the police station that's one of my favorite bits of the whole <laughs> three yes. scenarios coaching him to be intimidating that yeah. was so much fun i don't often play characters who are uncomplicatedly good or people who are maybe just a bit dim but oh johnny he was both bless him johnny was truly kenoff kenoff <laughs> <laughs> he was he was Fairly easy for me. It was definitely V because I got to swear, and that's about it. V was incredible. I loved V. Oh my goodness, <laughs> V! Oh, that was glorious. I really wanted to meet V in real life, man. She was so <laughs> fucking cool. She would be too cool for me. I'm convinced. <laughs> yeah, I, I would want to go for a drink with V, but she would intimidate me just with her coolness. Yeah. <laughs> well, V was V got two amazing bouts. Yeah. And that's strong. The Fury and the Baby Thulu. Yeah. Very such good. good. Very good. Um, have you got a fave NPC? Fedor, obviously we've mentioned a few already. I like so many of them. I liked uh, Loki's Gift. I like the actress, I think, Margaret. Oh, yeah. Oh, which, yeah. Which of the three versions of her did you like? <laughs> I'm going to just completely demolish you and just be very mean. And, and <laughs> that was funny. funny oh, I will always remember Nox's wounded little voice as we left that yeah. scene going. Do I look like a baby? Yes. <laughs> Francis was great. That was good. Uh, I think... Angel's Thirst, it was Lombardo, probably, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. I got to do a weird accent that made no sense and ask you if you've done anything, anything weird. Chillingworth was, wasn't him. enough. You had to ask us more embarrassing questions about our characters. That yeah. was before Chillingworth. What? Wasn't it? No. Oh. Loki's Gift, then Angel's Thirst. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Chillingworth. Yeah, Chillingworth was okay, but he was a bit too, like, not ridiculous for me. Mm. He was all, all set. And yeah. then... Not enough chaotic gremlin for you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's me. And then um, with a God's Dream, I liked, what was it? Didn't go, there, there were a lot as well, a lot of, a lot of good stuff. What about the parrot? The, the parrot was my Darius. favorite. Yeah. Darius. 
Darius the cook of Surely it was Bessica. Darius. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it has to be Bessica. <laughs> Bessica didn't even appear. No, still our favorite. MVP. And of course, Dan Shippy. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yep. Minor shout out to Oh, the... and the grandmas. The drug. That was Angel's Thirst as well. Oh, yeah. The, the drug grandmas. 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 Very good. There's some good times. Minor shout out in Angel's Thirst as well to the soup. En- it's soup kitchen attendee um just because of the eating noises they've got to be in there somewhere of course mm, it wouldn't be a proper stars are right episode without some eating noises mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> for myself i liked ephraim because he's like peak brash entitled rich white male aristocrat at the height of the British Empire, like everything's just going his way. And that's kind of fun. Just bullying people and throwing money at stuff is a good time. But Do you still have the nodules on your vocal cords from Mm. (laughs) (laughs) He he did give the vocal cords a good rasping, it's true. That was my bad. (laughs) Aaron, a bit similar voice-wise, the way it felt at least. Um, But more fun to play because just more flawed, I think, taking those mythos packages at the start and being that much like like crazier to begin with really amped up the drama you just like the segue just be honest Stop trying to be all deep about it My i just goals. wanted to have a segue i am gonna find a way to get a segue into 1920s berlin <laughs> <laughs> but also i guess there's the added um, alcoholism element with aaron as well yes yeah yeah and not just him mm. yeah there was yeah darker themes he could have just been a figure of fun but he wasn't actually he was a fun character I like him a lot. I miss him. Speaking of fun, let's talk about fun interactions between characters. We've already mentioned one or two, but like, what was your fave dynamic with another party member? I've, I mean, other than other than the Tommy and Johnny like pep talk <laughs> in the police station. Again, it's probably Angel's Thirst, and I endlessly enjoyed Tommy bigging up the Bengal cat and how great he was at his job, and then the yes. Bengal cat just being endlessly crap at it. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are some bad roles. Yeah. I'm so glad that you got to finally break into Gil Donovan, the architect's office, before you were dispatched <laughs> unceremoniously. Because yeah. it would have been so sad if you never got to lockpick anything. I know. He finally <laughs> got his chance and then was taken too early. <laughs> poor, he was. Poor cat. The poor cat. Such a cool character concept as well. Yeah, I know, yes. So hyped about the criminal party and then like we barely got anything done. Yeah. <laughs> Ignacio was cool, though. Oh, he was. Ignacio. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kicked ass. Yeah, Johnny definitely hero-worshipped Ignacio. Mm. I really loved uh, the Adelaide and Johnny dynamic as they slowly... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> further into their bouts. <laughs> that was an art. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then such a tragic ending for them mm-hmm. both. Yeah, how it was so codependent for a while and then suddenly, <laughs> you're a fish man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. Art imitates life, they say. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the wedding ceremony. She strangles you to death. <laughs> yeah, we've got some really nice music for it. It's going to be moving. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <Can't wait. laughs> 
Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to Nox generally because I think I liked every single one of our character dynamics. Um, just the yeah, I know, I know, love you, man. You guys. Uh, <laughs> But like pushing Francis around casually as Ephraim <laughs> was really fun. Being like, you know, like, oh, you're buying the drinks, aren't you, Francis? Or like, punch this man, Francis, come on, was great. And then as uh, Johnny, Johnny, Tommy, Tommy, <laughs> God damn it. John, they are dude. one now. I still can't do it. Tommy's everywhere. Um, but he obviously, <laughs> he had a lot more agency and power, but I really liked him being like Della's just go-to, like sort of capable, get things done guy. And then My the, handy criminal. Exactly. So useful. I want one of those in real life. And then the Josh and Aaron thing, just like it starts off yeah. with like the casual ribbing and you were giving him a hard time for being, you know, for eating donuts or whatever. And then eventually I'm like, hoisting up your trousers while you try and make it into a hotel room because you're worried about being spirited to Persepolis. Mm. That was just some really fun moments. It got it got super homoerotic at times. It was great fun. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Something <laughs> Very much so. I, talking about Francis and Ephraim briefly, sorry, I'm not meaning to monopolise, but I, uh, Francis panicking and saying his name was Ephraim. Oh, yeah. yes. That was golden. <laughs> that was very good. Uh, that was so much fun. Brilliant. Uh, Delightful. I think for me, obviously, I only have Loki's gift to go on, and it's maybe not as as funny, but I think it's quite poignant in that I think Gabriella's interactions with Alice, um, kind of throughout, obviously both being women in in that kind of setting, so of course you're gonna potentially you know stick together, um, but also we tended to do quite a lot of things together if the party split. But then also, of course, at the end, when we were watching the play and there was this whole thing of, you know, mockery of of, of life and everything being a joke. And I remember we had a talk afterwards about it, this whole thing of, um, you know, the, the very privileged men, that they, they, they were the most affected. And, and for me, anyway, it felt almost cathartic after that kind of that lead up um, to the final play and... In a way, I'm thinking to myself, mm, yeah, this this play has some good talking points here, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you men with all your privileges and your mm-hmm. your money. And I, I to- totally agree. Um, they were a really interesting partnership, I think. Um, I think on a human level, Alice was probably quite insufferable as a friend. And um, <laughs> I really liked that uh, scene with Gabriella being very patient and explaining that sometimes people aren't going to do what you want them to do, Alice. <laughs> um, oh, yes. <laughs> so that was... Um, <laughs> That was interesting. Yeah, I, I really like their dynamic. I think that, yeah, that scene at the end was really strong. I really liked the fact that it was divided by by gender and gender roles. And that was just the dice, right? It just worked yeah, out. Yeah, it was just the dice and it worked really well. And I remember being like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that tracks, actually. Yeah. We didn't get into that with Chris. I wish we had now, but like just that whole, the description of the play, Loki's Gift, is some pretty powerful stuff. It is, Yeah. And it's a lot about the masculine gender roles and expectations a man should have in society about people at work deferring to him and yeah. wife, like mm. being good yeah. and yeah. making life worth it. And yeah, it's things that women, especially at the time, were, not, were taught to not even expect from themselves in yeah. the same way. 
I think the play was probably genuinely one of my favourite bits of, of all three scenarios. Like, I, Phaedra mm, did such yeah. a good job with it. And I, I remember feeling genuinely unnerved and upset afterwards. Mm. Like, everybody saying Cthulhu together and the way it was described. And, and I genuinely felt just uncomfortable for, like, an hour yeah. after that session. That was Chris. Really they wrote good. it that way. I, I basically oh. wrote, I only had to read it out. It was very well, good. You read it very well. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was that sound, just that feeling of creeping dread, wasn't there, throughout yeah, that whole good. scene. Uh, before we move move on, I'd like to definitely say Aaron and Fee. That <laughs> yeah. weird oh, non-romance beautiful. and oh the kicking, and there was a lot there. Then they extend on nude pics. Oh yes! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Heinrich Moore for his character creation guide, which mm-hmm. we used to determine that relationship because I think it added yeah. a lot of richness. And thank you to Braden for just I don't know, like what like switch you flipped it was amazing but it was incredible <laughs> dark britain dark britain <laughs> emerges in the shadows kicks dicks <laughs> yeah yeah we have unleashed something there i think <laughs> uh shall we move on to uh npc interactions that we liked Sure. Bertie, Bertie, Bertie. <laughs> Have some more tea. She's just lovely. She was lovely. <laughs> I re-listened to that episode recently and we were all like, we should come back and bring us some groceries. Like, we should check yeah. up on her. We did forget there were other things going on, but we were absolutely head over heels for Bertie. <laughs> yeah. uh, normally on this podcast, we cannot trust old ladies who give you tea. That's true. Exception. She broke the mold. I do remember your initial suspicions. Mm, it's luring you in a full sense of security <laughs> for, for next time. Oh, yeah, we were having mm. none of the biscuits to start with, and then after a while we were like, man, Betty's on the level, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Would Betty have survived in the aftermath after the star spawn ripped through uh, the town? Oh, don't ask questions you don't want the answer to. <laughs> Starspawn would deliberately avoid her house because she was so nice. Yeah. It's just a trail yeah. of destruction and it goes around Betty's house and carries no, on. No, she'd, she'd go out with a tray of tea and she'd give it to the Starspawn. And Starspawn would drink the tea and then just go on his way and continue his trail of, of horrible, horrible destruction. It's canon. Mm. Yeah. Good. You heard it here. The keepers agreed. Betty lives. <laughs> If we're talking about NPC interactions, I think possibly mm. one of the greatest things I've ever done in Stars Are Right mm-hmm, is distract mm-hmm. two guards by pretending to be a drunk. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was, Amazing. That was Can I that piss was... on your church, mate? That's my vote as well. I, I had such a good time with Johnny and Janny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I forgot. Yeah, right? I thought I'll... I'll just do a silly drunk voice for a bit. Phaedra will tell me to roll fast talk and that'll be it. And she was just like, no, here's some more rope. Here's some more rope. Have some more rope. I was like, all right, then here we go. That was honestly great. Like if you ever, if you ever tread the boards again or decide to oh. go into cinema or something, that needs to go on your audition reel, dude. It does. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, it's like a mad monologue in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. Are we counting Baby Thulu as an NPC? <laughs> yes. That was uh, my favourite. <laughs> Carrying it round, singing it a lullaby, making it a little explosive vest. The papoose. It's very wholesome. <laughs> mm, the explosive <laughs> papoose. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I think there was a moment when we got to the motel when um, Lydia, you were like, well, we're not bringing the statue in, right? Or whatever. And then Brayden, you were like, oh yeah, no, absolutely not. And then just like completely deadpan, just like, and then I absolutely bring the statue in. <laughs> and I start making a little bed for it and I'm putting it down for the night. <laughs> Giving it a nap, yeah. I think for me, it was basically any sort of excuse to lay the smack down with my incredibly hench character. Um, oh, the door. Yeah, the door. Yeah, oh, I was yeah. just about to say the door. Um, especially after, who, who was it who who tried to break it down first? Was it you, Hal? Ephraim. I think it was yeah, Ephraim. Yeah. 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 Fresh from the army, completely yeah. useless. And then Gabrielle's like, excuse me. And then just literally throws it off the hinges and nearly kills somebody. It was so Effortlessly good. in heels. Um, but also I, I did enjoy other other kind of interactions where she could be a bit intimidating in this very kind of calm but very threatening tone, which was her kind of way, I guess. Um, that was really cool. Um, and it was nice to actually kind of make a difference because there, there are times with characters, you know, when, when you get intimidation that can fall flat. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was good. I really liked those uh, interactions. But yes, obviously the door is the winner there. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked the tarot stuff as well. I don't know if yeah. the spirits count as NPCs, but I thought that was a really nice touch. <laughs> that was really mm. fun to do. Yeah, the tarot stuff was amazing. I definitely like to do more of that yeah. in the future. All right. Um, shall we just open it up to... Uh, oh, uh, yeah, Bouts of Madness. Fave Bouts. I mean, oh my goodness. there's a couple of really good ones in there. It's all about Josh for me, I think. Persepolis, mm-hmm. talking to Darius, mm. the whole video game delusion, trying to skip the cutscene with the yes. cultist. I really, I really enjoyed Josh's bouts of madness. When you emerged from Aaron's toilet and tried to explain <laughs> that you'd like been through a portal, that was just one of my absolute favorite things. And it was just incredibly fun to be able to embody Aaron in that moment, who, you know, is just like, no, we gotta go on the run. There's people there, and it's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I had to QA the episode and I co- I come out and I go, they were wearing the right clothes and they said yeah. hello. <laughs> That's right. very good v's dick kicking obviously has already been brought up and baby thulu yeah yeah i mean v v having her moment of of rage which actually nearly killed me in real life (laughs) 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 i had covid at the time and i could not breathe properly and whenever (laughs) anybody made me laugh i would go into the worst alien chest burster coughing fit and i honestly thought i was going to die at one point (laughs) it was great but it's how i'd want to (laughs) go sort of oh i think uh, godstream was gave us a lot of madness opportunities because it got us those early hits with remember fletcher Mm. and um in a way that the other scenarios didn't in the same way i feel like the other scenarios got us our sanity hits quite late on Mm -hmm. so we couldn't do as much with them and in fairness we did start with three of us taking the mythos package and therefore having low insanity which i'm sure can backfire and lead to completely unmanageable parties but worked quite well this time hilarious but that's a shout out again to the keeper, right? Because Phaedra very carefully doled out mm. that stuff mm. and, yeah. and dialed up the delusions at times when it made sense. Yeah, you know there was some yeah. very careful management of our of our madnesses across that scenario. Definitely, really good balance. I think we found. Yeah, I really have to agree. It. 
Yeah, not just because I love her, but I think that was really well done. <laughs> they were like, they were relevant madnesses. They like gave us places to go. Right? And you know, sometimes you roll on a random table and it's like, okay, you're afraid of bats now. And it's like, awesome. I'm in an underground <laughs> lab on an alien planet. What am I going to do about that? Yeah. yeah, you gotta. I tend to roll and then try to kind of mold it to fit what I think it should be. Um, but yeah, that, that was so many opportunities to make it really weird. And, um, I found, uh, I have a little method now for doing that, that I'd like to use more in Berlin and I hope Berlin can get us like that as well. Oh. Some people are starting with quite low sanities. So. Cannot wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. Cannot wait. The slower burn in Angel's Thirst did work for me as well, though, I gotta say, mm -hmm. because I was fully prepared. Like I liked the dynamic, um, that Jock. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny and Joshi. <laughs> Please no, I'm already confused enough. <laughs> I liked the dynamic he and Adelaide had from the beginning, and I was fully ready to do mm. the whole scenario like that. That you know, we're just like happily in love, but we haven't like settled down yet. And I'm mean about his mother, and like, and that's all fine. But then we went through the really cool arc with the like dependence, avoidance, and then the suspicion, and then culminating in murder. Like that's that was fun. Yeah, it it was great. And poor Johnny, I, I don't think he really understood what was happening. He was just kind of just too good hearted to really see how bad things were getting in Adelaide's mind, I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, favorite moment overall. Don't all just say dick kicking. It was great. <laughs> I really liked the final ritual for Angel's Thirst. I thought that was really cool. Mm. Yeah. Mm. The little uh, fiery orbs that give you euphoric feelings. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yes. And then, of course, death and more death <laughs> following that. <laughs> so yeah. hyped to meet actual Cthulhu. Wasn't oh, yeah, the star spawn. <laughs> the disappointment. Oh, oh, I can't well, believe I'm so going to get killed by a star spawn. Yeah, exactly. The the play was mentioned. The play was was fun. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. definitely strong. Um, I feel like we've we've already talked about quite a lot of moments. To be honest, I'd like to toss in one more, just because it's not in the original book. It's something we came up with out of whole cloth, and that's the séance in Ephraim's back garden. <laughs> oh yeah, the cucumber sandwiches, right? And digging up the shriveled head that he yeah. was sent as like an omen, so that we could talk to it. I think that was particularly great. That was great. so random, but so Ephraim. <laughs> I liked actually, bossing his servants around. Yeah, actually, you can think of it. That's quite a Victorian thing, you know, the whole morbid death stuff they used to do. Mm. The, the more I hear about these guys with their, like, well, I'm a member of the clubs, obviously, and I go to the horse races, and then, uh, you know, I commune with the dead every Saturday evening. <laughs> it's, <true. Yeah. laughs> it's just so bizarre. <laughs> How about favourite cult of the three? Uh, I, I think the artist's mind would be the most enjoyable cult to be in, and they mm -hmm. certainly throw the best parties. Well, the artist's yeah. mind was not actually a cult. It was an artist collective that many members of happened to be within the mm. elevated order of Morpheus. That's how it starts, though. They get you in on the fringes, and then they draw you in deeper. <laughs> yeah. They draw you in with all the free love and the drugs, and mm -hmm. next thing you know. The debauchery. Yep, starts off as a book club, and before you know it, <laughs> You've been cthulhu <laughs> You're in the book. All right, Nox, why was uh, Church of Perfect Science your favourite? I, I just, it was just properly, it was just properly chilling, right? The idea of the amount of power that these people had, mm. 
I mean, like, I've never played a scenario before where like we we were we were talking about oh we've got to turn our phones off we've got to get out we've got to get off the grid mm. you know like normally it's cultists like don't go to the cult lair you know because you'll get shanked but this was <laughs> anybody could be on it the police could be in on it they could be surveilling us through our phones like the 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 power that they had was really chilling and obviously the real world analogs as well um i really enjoyed it absolutely i think they were my favorite as well actually See, I was going to put in a vote for the uh, Society of the Angelic Ones because I liked that, A, it was a twist on Christianity. So it wasn't just straight up, we're a weird cult. It was like, no, no, it's the Jesus that you know and love, <laughs> but uh, we think he was birthed by an angelic one. It's not a problem with that. It's just like a little bit of fish person. Yeah, like, <laughs> Christianity is fine. Yeah. <laughs> And, yeah. and then how underneath there was that other temple, and it's like, oh, this is where the real religion happens. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. I like the family dynamics in that cult. Yes. Yeah. 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 Me too, yeah. The way she was like, oh, no, my mother is abusing me. Help. And then suddenly, <laughs> like, you're going to kill her, aren't you? I know you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's going to be so good. <laughs> the power plays were dark. Well, hopefully we learned something from Ruth, didn't we? Yes. <laughs> Don't trust mm, the the, uh, <laughs> the innocent seeming young lady looking for help from the mm. cult. Oh, Ruth. Empowering again. women to be the cult leaders they were always meant mm. to be. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that leads us very neatly to the next question. Thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, I, I already asked Chris and Mike this, but it's a good question for the rest of us. If you were going to set up a real world cult, what would it be like? What is this if you speak of? Stars are right. Is We're a already cult. doing it. Uh, I mean, Lydia already runs the cult. Hello. Yeah. It's we true. have devoted followers. We have ritual garb. Now we've got our lovely t shirts. Um, yeah. We have secretive meetings that happen at night under the guidance of a yeah. high priestess. That I we mean, there is no if there. And also, everyone has to be uh, really kind and accepting, otherwise, they get kicked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's part of the cold rules. Or get kicked in the dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like I just. I don't know. I'd like record it all and try to make people do th stupid things and just see how much I could get away with and make like a reality TV show out of it. Ten strangers join a cult. Oh, nice. That is dark. Is your cult just jackass? <laughs> <laughs> a cult jackass. Be a YouTube influencer. Yeah. That's so chaotic as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'd create a cult that is just there to stop people from entering other cults oh. so i'd create like a blank mm. cult that uses all of the cult strategies to recruit people who are susceptible to cults but to bring mm. them over here rather than over there and then proceed to not take all their money and ruin their lives <laughs> i like that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's really strong like, like the white hat hacker of cults <laughs> exactly that's very good 
I like the idea of the, <laughs> because it, it'd be a tough act to keep going, right? Because normally it's sort of self-sustaining. You either get the cults that burn out really quickly yeah. or the self-sustaining ones that, you know, like Scientology or what have you, where they've got this really good system for filtering people's like money away and like the path to enlightenment and all the rest of it. So the amount of bullshit you would have to like keep inventing to keep people invested in your non-cult. You just, you do non-bullshit. You'd make them like eat healthily and exercise <laughs> and just be nice to people around them. So Malcolm from Good Vibes Only, basically, where there's Nutribullet. Yeah, but yeah. like less toxic about it. Malcolm, Malcolm is really Less either. browning. Yeah. yeah. I think I'd probably do something similar. I'd, I'd have a... I'd have a cult where like everyone is kind of helping each other just complete their everyday tasks, like put away their laundry. Body or, doubling cult. <laughs> yeah, body doubling or, or ringing up a you know uh, doctors or something. You know, just just stuff that people can't do very well or are uncomfortable to do. And yeah, you just kind of swap like jobs and roles, and yeah, it's part of a community. That's good. Have any of you guys read Join Me by Danny Wallace? Because what you're describing no. is basically the cult he sets up. Oh wow! It's, okay, it's, it's a really, it's a really good, it's a really good book. It's a sort of, uh, sort of silly nonfiction thing. He randomly posts an advert in a local newspaper saying, "Join me, send me one passport-sized photograph to this address," <laughs> and just for a laugh, and a bunch of people do it, and he ends up with all of these people's photographs and addresses, and he's like, "Oh, what do I do with this now?" So he, he sort of. So he says, right, okay, my first order as leader of this cult is that we should all do a good deed on Mondays and call it Happy Mondays. <laughs> um, it's it's a really good book. It's really funny. I can recommend it. So. That's really cool. I was going to say, there's this study, I don't know if you know it, about it's about toxic masculinity. It's about how people say that testosterone relates to acts of aggression, but actually testosterone, according to that study, relates to acts of increasing your status within a community. And we happen to have associated increasing status with aggression, but there was like isolated studies where within smaller communities, doing good things for other people was related to increasing of status rather than money and power. So people were like just very competitive about being nice and doing good things <laughs> for other people because the testosterone led them I'm to the want nice. that status. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think you can, you can harness that somehow. Wow. <laughs> there are some species of birds where the the alphas in they they're like little birds they hang out in this huge flock like in the same tree but they have to be worried about like birds of prey swooping in um and the alpha birds are super intense about gathering food for others and taking the dangerous job of lookout in the uppermost branches where you're most likely to get picked off but you're protecting the community and they get super mad if a lower status bird tries to take on that job they're like no oh. No. I die. Yeah, I will sacrifice myself for the good of all. I'm going to be the bird, Martha, thank you. Exactly. There it is. <laughs> be more like birds. Be more bird. Yeah. <laughs> be bird. I said I'd take it, uh, I wouldn't dwell too long in nature documentary, but my cult would actually be a uh, sea creature based, I think. <laughs> so like every other Call of Cthulhu cult. <laughs> well, first of all, yeah, there's a great hook there. Everyone's familiar with like the God under the sea. That's fantastic. But also the seas need help. And like, I'm tired of all the documentaries ever being like 30% cool animals and then 70%. Yeah, but we're ruining everything. Look at all the plastic mm -hmm. and like it freaking sucks. And if you could, if you were going to do a cult to motivate people to do good, because we all are 
Marcus Wilson, than it would be to clear up the seas, so as to preserve, you know, our Leviathan gods. And allegedly, there are not only immortal jellyfish, which I think is terrifying in Eldritch by itself, they never die. When they encounter <laughs> adverse conditions, wow. they like revert to an earlier like polyp or whatever phase in their life cycle and then just start again. That's insane. Jeez. And I know, and lobsters don't die. Apparently, they really? don't. Yeah, there's something about. Uh, I think it's the telomeres, the bits in their chromosomes mm -hmm. that tie their DNA together. They don't degrade the way ours do, so they don't age normally. We just kill them. The, uh, one of the reasons they die is they have to keep molting their shell and growing a new one when they get too big. And after a certain, like you can only scale up a lobster so big before it becomes <laughs> impractical. Oh no! <laughs> so that's why they die. Their shells are too big. And there's at least one thing I've seen on the internet where they were like, so lobsters are only dying like out of happenstance i propose we get a lobster tend to it worship it help it molt and serve <laughs> our new lobster god ever growing oh immortal god. lobster god that would be my cult wow amazing making wow. new better coats for a lobster yeah or just yeah. helping it molt so it could grow its own <laughs> wow. and bringing it food people need to do that right yeah there are places where they um they where they catch lobsters but they only like they, they only take the claws and then they put them back and they grow them back, right? Oh, wild. Mm. So, they, wow. so they keep catching the same lobsters. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bit mean, but... Uh, yeah, I can't tell if that's, like, merciful or horrible. We can't be fun. Also, those jellyfish are in an episode of Octonauts, so uh, get on CBeebies, people. Oh, really? That, that's where the real cult inspiration is. This is quickly becoming an episode of Hypotheticals, you, you the podcast. <laughs> That's true. Howl's I'm... Fun Lobster Facts, the podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> I do, in fact, have one final question for everybody. Uh, let's do this. At the end of every scenario and campaign, the world carries on. Well, I guess not at the end of everyone, but mm -hmm. the world carried on at the end of these three. Um, which character, NPC or plot strand would you like to have followed after the events of the scenario uh, and find out what happens to them in the future? I feel like I want to know what happened between Gabriella at the end of the scenario. <laughs> I was going to say. At the start of the previous, the she second scenario. She had an life. Something must have happened. That, that kind of happened anyway, and because of it, I, I was basically standing her, so... Yeah, um, obviously um, she comes in at the beginning of Angel's Thirst as an older version of herself. Um, and I kind of wanted her to be very much um, knee deep in maybe not so much the mythos, but the occult at that point. So I was trying to convey her as a little bit more maybe senile or, or you know, she wasn't so with it, a bit more insane. And then, yeah, with, with the final bit, um, I mean, I, I was hoping that I'd be brought back in at some point, but then Phaedra was like, oh, I do have a phone message for you to record. Um, Cameo. And, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it's not canon to be Gabriella, but at the same time I do kind of see her as almost finding the answers and transcending, you know, life and time and things as multiple entities possibly. Or at least that's how I see her anyway. I really want to read Adelaide Glifford's uh, <laughs> schlocky oh, horror stuff. novels written from <laughs> yeah. an asylum. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I quite like that. And see the Netflix adaptation eventually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, we should get lucky and get like the Stranger Things treatment or like one of those things that they just cannot adapt for TV to save their lives. 
they can they cancel it after one episode. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Netflix. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen what happened to the Diaz family after they were pulled into all that drama, and then half oh, their family yeah. got slaughtered mm. by the cult and the. God, yeah, Ignacio and the gang. That's gonna color your uh, like family reunions, Christmas or whatever, right? Just the memory, all the I don't know the offrenders they'd have to make or what have yes. you for the fallen, yeah. uh, fallen members. Yeah, sad for me. So I'd like to skip forward a couple of decades and see how the cultists who were part of the artist mind how they respond to the advent of cinema. Uh, a whole new audience to get the message mm. about Cthulhu out. Uh, whole new hundreds and thousands of people to drive insane rather than just however many people you can fit in a West End theatre. Uh, I, I think I think they could do great and awful things. Good point. And then, of course, like TV broadcasting as well. Mm, definitely. Oof. Tying back to the cults of her store thing, right? That's a that's a common theme in modern day scenarios that people are trying to sneak the yellow sign into uh, into television programs and films and what have you. Yeah, that's it. Phaedra made it very easy for me by killing off almost all of my characters. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've only got I've only got, one, I've only got one guy to to follow at the end. But I did like one of the patrons suggested that they they had headcanon of Josh. Just endlessly wandering the alien wastes, like never dying. I think that's cool. Which I think is quite mm-hmm. cool as well. Just this guy, occasionally moments of lucidity, but mostly just wandering. That's a pretty cool Looking uh, for Darius. character ending. Looking for Darius. Yeah, heartbreaking. Oh, so sad. The uh, like text to the to the wife was it? But he's forgotten how to send His text. Ex-wife, Mitzi. He yeah. just lays the phone on the rock and walks off. That oh my goodness. Mm, yeah. Dark. Speaking of dark and wife, uh, the Bengal cats family is my vote because it's so weird, right? Like you're a globe-trotting family of like like this art thief couple. You've got a yacht, everything's coming up Millhouse, and then like some random rich lady drags you halfway across the world on a job. And then next thing you know, you're told your husband's not coming back. And then the next thing you know, a goddamn star spawn levels the city you're in. Like, what is next? Oh, yeah. If they made it. Mm. (laughs) The ongoing adventures of the cat family is totally something I would watch. Mm -hmm. Sequel. Oh, yeah. Totally. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like Johnny left Samson the cat to the Bengal kittens as well. So uh, they can look after him. Samson. Samson. Oh yeah, the cat you just left in the hotel all the time. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. there were good pets in that scenario. Mm. Down payment, the dog as well. Yeah, Dee Dee. Mm-hmm. Definitely <laughs> not DP. Nope, not at all. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might have reached the end of our retrospective. Unless anyone else has got any questions left unanswered. I don't think so. Just thank you to Phaedra for running it and prepping it. Yeah, and yeah thank you so yeah. much, Phaedra. And thank you to all of you for making it so much fun to play. And you. It's been a real pleasure playing it with all mm. of you. Thank you for being amazing yeah, players. Stars are right. Stars Woo! are right. Woo! Hashtag stars are right. <laughs> I'm glad we took a moment like this to celebrate. They're kind of getting through that, that those scenarios, the campaign. Yeah. Because initially I thought it might not have been worth it because there were three different scenarios and didn't feel the same way as the Children of Fear campaign-wise, but... 
This has been really nice. I feel like this has been worth it. And we managed to get uh, Mike and Chris with us, which is even, yeah. even more amazing. And yeah, awesome. I feel like whenever we finish a campaign, the final episode, we get all the final episode feelings, but we don't get to feel like proud of ourselves and like we've achieved something mm. and like, we don't get celebrated in the same way with the shot beyond the madness. So this is, this is actually really nice. I feel like it's it's kind of making it more concrete in our minds and hearts as a, a chapter. Yeah. Definitely. I feel good. I think you should celebrate after every episode like, and just make it really onanistic, <laughs> like incredibly <laughs> over the top and self-congratulatory. Just a solid half hour of back slapping yeah. and aren't we yeah. Wait, are you saying I'm overdoing it? I thought this was No, nice. no, not at all. No, it has been lovely. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm being a shit poster. I apologise. So. No, it has been great. I'll add it to my outro. I want to thank everyone, but more especially me, for getting through this episode. Well done, I'm doing me. so well, and I think it's important that we take this moment. Uh, and now everyone, a solid 10 minutes of applause. <laughs> and if you fail to do it, I'm going to oh. add it in post. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> awesome well it's been a lot of fun reminiscing mm. with you guys yeah, yeah thanks everyone thank for joining you thank you listeners yeah thanks, thanks for listeners. Listeners. join us for what's coming thank next mm. yeah Berlin the Wicked City it's Ooh. exciting yeah if you like us waffling you should become a patron yes we do need patrons <laughs> And you can hear us waffle every week. There is a lot more of this to have. Yeah, a lot more behind the scenes chat. Awesome. Well, until next time, when the stars are right again. I don't know if we get to say that. A little bit incorrect, but you did it. Damn it. The effort was there. No 10 minutes of applause for you. Nine and a half. All right.